Come on, baby. All right, we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Jeez. There, that thing's all set up. All right. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. It is March 3rd. Uh, what the hell? What month are we in? Or I don't even know where we are. March. I said March. What am I doing? What year are we in? We're in 2017. How's everybody doing tonight? It's Friday, finally. What a week. That's all I could say. Uh, what a week. I can't imagine a more busy week of uh, just craziness. I mean, really, that, that just craziness. Listen. Oh, God, we got so much to get to. I wanted to get to a couple fun things, uh, like the uh, like the Biden story, the fact that it's like an episode of uh, Big Love. You got all this inbreeding, um, just weird, we just weird stuff. But we'll have time for fun and games. Later, because it is Friday. But I want to talk about. Well, here, let me let me read you this. Okay, let me let me read you this. In the summer of 1933, shortly after Roosevelt in his first hundred days, America's richest businessmen were in a panic. It was clear that Roosevelt intended to conduct a massive, and I mean massive, redistribution of wealth from the rich to the poor. Roosevelt had to be stopped at all costs. The answer was a military coup. It was to be secretly financed and organized by leading officers of the Morgan and DuPont empires. This included some of America's richest and most famous names of the times. Irene DuPont, Grayson Murphy, William Doyle. John Davis, Al Smith, John J. Raskob, Robert Clark, and Gerald McGuire. The plotters attempted to recruit General Smedley Butler to lead the coup. They selected him because he was a war hero. He was also very popular with the troops. The plotters felt his good reputation was important to make the troops feel confident that they were doing the right thing by overthrowing a democratically elected president. However, this was a mistake. Butler was popular with the troops because he identified them. That is, he was a man of the people, not an elite. 
when the plotters approached General Butler with their proposal to lead the coup, he pretended to go along with the plan at first, secretly deciding to betray and go to Congress at the right moment. Are you feeling me right now? Am, or am I boring you? Or, or are you feeling me? Are you feeling where we're going? Feeling where we're going? Can I continue? My people in the, in the booth are saying, yes, continue, continue. All right. What the businessmen proposed was dramatic. They wanted General Butler to deliver an ultimatum to Roosevelt. Roosevelt would pretend to become sick and incapacitated from his polio and allow a newly created cabinet officer, a secretary of general affairs, to run things instead. The secretary, of course, would be carrying out the orders of Wall Street. If Roosevelt refused, then General Butler would force him out with an army of 500,000 war veterans from the American Legion. But McGuire assured Butler the cover story He said, you know the American people will swallow that. We've got the newspapers. We will start a campaign that the president's health is failing. Everyone can tell that by looking at him. And the dumb American people will fall for it in a second. The businessmen also promised that money was no object. Clark told Butler that he would spend half his $60 million fortune to save the other half. And what type of government would replace Roosevelt's New Deal? McGuire was perfectly candid to Paul French, a reporter friend of General Butler's. We need a fascist government in this country to save the nation from the communists who want to tear it down and wreck all that we've built in America. The only men who have the patriotism to do it are the soldiers. And Smedley Butler is the ideal leader. We could organize a million men overnight. Indeed, it turns out that McGuire traveled to Italy to study Mussolini's fascist state and came away Mightily impressed. He wrote glowing reports back to his boss, Robert Clark, suggesting that they implement the same thing. (laughs) If this sounds too fantastic to believe, we should remember that by 1933, the crimes of fascism were still mostly in the future, and its dangers were largely unknown, even to its supporters. But in the early days, many businessmen openly admired Mussolini because he had used a strong hand to deal with labor unions put out social unrest, and get the economy working again. The plot fell apart when Butler went public. 
The general revealed the details of the coup before the McCormick Dickstein Committee, which would later become the notorious House Un American Activities Committee. In the 50s, this committee would destroy the lives of hundreds of innocent Americans with its communist witch hunts. The committee heard the testimony of Butler in French, but failed to call in any of the coup plotters for questioning. Other than McGuire, in fact, the committee whitewashed the public version of its final report, deleting the names of the powerful businessmen whose reputations they sought to protect. The most likely reason for this response is that Wall Street had undue influence in Congress. Even more alarming, the elite controlled the media. All seem just a little eerie. Seriously. Doesn't this seem a little eerie? Remember, Roosevelt winning was not expected. It was a shock. It was a shock. Trump winning was a shock. Not one person, even the people that were Trump supporters, didn't think he was going to win. Not because they didn't have confidence. Because the media and the constant drum being beaten. Polls show this. Public surveys show this. The windy air shows this. Every wall had the writing of Clinton landslide. So even if you were the biggest Trump supporter, and you went, I, I don't get it. If you just applied the, the basic premise that everybody applied uh, back in 07, 08, when Obama was going against McCain, and also in the primaries. When Obama gave a speech, and there was 65,000 people in a stadium, and the next day, John McCain would give a speech, and there'd be 600 people. Everybody said, well, you got to apply that to the electorate and what will happen on election day. So you constantly heard this. Crowds equal votes. No crowds equal no votes. So even when you sat there and went, man, Trump's got like 20, 25,000 people at a rally. And there's a thousand people. Those Trump people aren't going to turn up to vote. 
Well, why not? They they turned out to sit in line for six hours to hear him talk. Some places it was cold. Some places it was raining. Some places it was just hot. These people waiting in line for six hours to see him speak, why wouldn't they wait in line for, at times, ten minutes to cast a vote for him? I mean, it just didn't make sense. The logic left the never-Trumpers, the media, the elites had as it pertained to crowds or signs in yards or just overall enthusiasm when you talk to anybody and said, who are you voting for? And they go, oh, man, Trump. I mean, I'm not, like, thrilled with all of the stuff that he says, but, ugh, I can't stand another eight years of a liberal world. So Trump wasn't supposed to win. He wasn't supposed to win. And when Trump was saying, it's a rigged election, it's rigged, the system's rigged, the system's rigged, Obama, media, and everybody in between went out of their way to say, Trump is a whiner, he's a crybaby, and he's just trying to give himself cover for when he loses. Because if your entire brand is based on being number one, And being a winner. When he loses. In a historic way. It's going to destroy his brand. It's going to destroy. Everything that he's worked for. So he needs an out. He needs to be able to say. Oh the system's rigged. Um, uh, The media. Everybody was out there saying. It's not rigged. There's there's no meddling. If the Russians are trying to hack, it, they're not successful. Matter of fact, Obama said, knock it off. They didn't want Trump to have any excuse. They didn't want Trump, when he lost, to say, oh, the Russians helped Hillary Clinton. Because they've got sweetheart deals with her campaign manager's brother, Tony Podesta, and and they know they're going to get bigger deals like the deal that Hillary helped approve that got them all that uranium. Obama and the media... Liberals, progressives, they didn't want Trump to be able to use that excuse. What happened on election night? Trump won. Trump won. And he literally crushed everybody's dream, everybody's hope, and destroyed their roadmaps because they all had roadmaps. They all had, okay, 
This is what we're going to do in the first month. This is what we're going to do in the sixth month. And that's rather from, you know, White House officials to people in the press. Remember, Newsweek ran a cover. Madam President with Hillary's face on it. You know how many organizations were already set to do their specials? Who, what anchors were already set to have the first interview with Madam President? That's what Madam President. A tour of the White House of Madam President. An interview with the first guy. All that stuff was gone, destroyed. So when I read this plot to overthrow Roosevelt, just substitute Trump. And the fact that you have businessmen slash the media, you know, people think, oh, well, well, Trump's a billionaire. He's part of the businessman elite. He's not. See, that's what everybody seems to forget. Trump didn't get his wealth the way all the elites did. You know, you could play with the whole, well, his daddy gave it. Listen, his dad was a real estate developer. Rather, he gave Trump a million dollars, five million dollars, twenty million dollars. The money is from real estate. The money's not from pushing papers in the financial sector. The money's not from the political world. Think tanks, operatives. Trump and Trump's dad made their money the old-fashioned way. Buying land. Making apartment buildings. And then Trump brand. And really. Really. Tried to make his fortune. Completely opposite. Of the elites. Ball teams. Airliners. Casinos. Golf courses. These aren't hedge fund managers. These aren't elites. And remember, during the campaign, all of those elites buys Trump. All of those hedge fund billionaires despise Trump. They all had super PACs going against Trump. So Trump's businessman ties were not the businessmen and the elites 
that one thinks of when you say, oh, Trump's, he's, 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 a, he's part of the billionaire. He's not. So here Trump wins, and you've got businessmen pissed. And nowadays, nowadays, these businessmen also control the media. So now you got somebody like F. Bezos, Amazon, multi, multi, multi billionaire who also owns the Washington Post. Carlos Slim, Mexican billionaire who happens to own one of the biggest stakes in the New York Times. Basically, without him, the New York Times ceases to exist. All of these people stand to lose since Trump is president. Now, 1933... 2017, that's a lot of years in between. And a lot of things have evolved. Technology, who we are as a nation. But the thing that remains constant is a small group of people that control the order of this country. And when that order is effed up, this group gets pissed. Remember, Democrats love illegal immigration for the votes. Republicans love because of the money that they get people like Walmart and Target, Coke, the industries that hire illegals. And here comes Trump. I'm deporting them. I'm hiring... You're here, you break the law, you're gone. You're, and, and what's happening? People are getting deported. Now, when you look at this coup attempt of Roosevelt, And you look at Irene DuPont, Grayson Murphy, William Doyle. A name that sticks out, John J. Raskob. He was a high-ranking DuPont officer and former chairman of the Democrat Party. In later decades, Raskob will become a Knight of Malta, a Roman Catholic religious order with a high percentage of CIA spies including CIA director William Casey, William Colby, 
and John McCone. So everything part of this attempted coup back in 1933 is basically in place now. Sure, mix some people in and out. But all these shots are being called from the Democrat Party slash the big money slash Obama. Now, is Obama going, hey, I want you guys to do this. Hey, I want you guys to do that. Of course not. Of course not. But if you're an Obama loyalist, if you're someone like Valerie Jarrett, who's living in his house, do you really have to go, hmm, I wonder what Obi's thinking. I wonder if he would want us to do this. But if you look at this coup from 33, you had business leaders, you had people of the CIA, and ultimately, it was all controlled by the media. And it wouldn't have been possible without the media. The American people would not have swallowed this without the media, without the newspapers pushing Roosevelt's health in decline. Now, of course, nowadays, the media is so much larger. But think about what consists of the media today. Who's pro-Trump? Who's against Trump? If you want to watch late night TV, there's not one late night talk show host pro-Trump that's just neutral, like old school Johnny Carson. Here's a joke about Reagan. Here's a joke about Carter. Here's a joke about, uh, you know, Nixon. Here's it. Stephen Colbert. An hour of going after Trump. Samantha B. Trevor Noah. Seth Myers. Jimmy Kimmel. I think Fallon is the only one that is not straight up looking in the camera and tell the American people if you voted for Donald Trump. You're a moron. You're, you're an idiot. You're an imbecile. 
CNN. CNN, run by the Obama cuckold himself, Jeff Zucker, is the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. I mean, if you listen to CNN, if, if, you, if you legitimately just take all bias out of the equation with yourself and just sit there and, and listen to the way CNN covers a story versus MSNBC versus Fox versus ABC News versus the AP. What have you been hearing all day? Hell, since yesterday, day before. Russian officials, Russian officials, Russian officials. It's not Russian officials. It's the Russian ambassador. But the headlines say Russian officials, Russian officials. It's a Russian ambassador who also happens to have been meeting with 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 different congressmen, the White House, Obama officials. But remember, a coup cannot work unless you have the media. 1933, they knew that. The only way it would work in 1933 is you had to tell the American people that Roosevelt was basically dying. Without that, the coup doesn't work. Well, without trying to convince the American people that our government is being run by a Russian puppet, the coup doesn't, can't get Trump, you can't get Pence, you can't get the entire administration out and replaced with one of your own or a compromise by the elites Remember, it behooved both Republicans and Democrats for Trump and all of his people to be gone. Because remember, like I said, Trump gone, you still have everybody else. still have Pence. You still have the inner workings. to get rid of Pence. You basically have to put in place a shared power situation. You have to put in place a shared power situation. So you have to have 
Democrat elites and Republican elites come together. Okay. It benefits both of us to get Trump and everybody associated with Trump out. And the only way we're going to be able to pull this off is if we come together. The whole McCain and Lindsey Graham and Chafee's, don't think that's just some type of coincidence. Remember, McCain, he's not running for re-election. It's not like he's in some purple state where he's kind of got to play that, well, I, you know, I, 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 I want to be supportive of the president, but I, you know, I don't want to alienate tweeners because I'm going to need to he, he don't He doesn't need to worry about re-election. So you already have people on the right and, of course, on the left, setting themselves up where they can forge a bond and say to the American people, we are doing what amounts to a coup. Because... Trump is a commie, Pence is a commie, Bannon is a commie, Sessions is a commie, Conway fellates all the commies, Kushner is a commie, they're all commies. And hey, American people, this isn't a left thing, this isn't a right thing, this is an American thing. And that's why we are together on this. Remember, overthrowing a democratically elected president is a big deal. So you have to convince the people that him being elected was not through the democratic process. That's why you hear Russian hacking. Russians hacked the election. Hacked the elect. They hacked the election. Trump people meeting with Russian officials. The dossier. Golden showers. It's like all this, as they would say, smoke. But there's absolutely no fire. It's like a big smoke bomb. So everybody thinks there's a fire and everybody runs. And then you look after the smoke clears and everybody can open their eyes. And they realize there's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing there. But by then it's too late. 
And as long as there's a shared power, the American people believe it even more. Because it had to be real if both Democrats and Republicans are joining together to oust a Democratic president, his staff. Democrat as the vice president, but they work. As a co-president. And that's how they're billed. And everything goes back to normal. With the country. The elites have everything back to normal. The immigration crackdown. That's over. Hell. That gang of eight amnesty bill, that's back and passed. Obamacare, repeal, replace, that ain't going to happen. Cuts, nope. There's no uh, State Department cut. There's no EPA cut. Basically, everything goes back. To the way it was when Obama, any of the hardcore Republicans, any of the hardcore Republicans that kind of act out a little, they brought into role. Make sure everybody's not bugged or, 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 or wired up. And they get told, hey, you saw what we just did. You saw that we were able to convince the American people that the president and his staff were puppets of the Russian government. You saw that. And that congressman or that senator goes, yeah. They go, okay. As easy as it was for us to do that, we could do that to you in our sleep. The media, 24 hours a day, Talk about you being a leftover from the Trump regime, the Trump Russian regime, because the purge is still going on. And that congressman or senator will just stone face stare at them. They will say, "Okay, do you understand?" And they will say, "Yes." T- guys, don't think I'm being crazy here. Don't think I'm being all Alex Jones. This is real. 
This is real. This is real. This is what is going on as we speak. They're trying to use the blueprint of when they tried to get rid of Roosevelt. Now, there was no former president occupying a mansion six or seven miles away from the White House. There is now. Of course, there's differences. But I've said it once. I'll say it again. Controlling the media is the most important aspect to running a government. And I know we won this time around and we had the media against us. But it's a David Goliath scenario. Just because David beat Goliath the one time doesn't mean David beats Goliath every time. Because nine out of ten times, Goliath took David too lightly. Goliath maybe was out partying too much. Who knows the reason? But the media lost. They got punked. They got outsmarted. They got outmaneuvered. And after that election, it was never going to happen again. They were never going to be beaten again. Jeff Zucker is never going to be beaten again. The elites were never, ever going to be beaten again. And then to add insult to all of this injury you got Oprah Winfrey going hmm you know I never uh, thought about the the president thing before because uh, you know uh, experience but now hmm that non-politician door because of Trump is open now so wide that you're going to see more and more people walking through that door. You think the elites, you think the politicians, you think they like that? You think they like the fact that they could be out of jobs? But hey, you know what? Maybe this is kooky. Maybe there's no attempt. Maybe this is all conspiracy wackiness. Who knows? I don't know. 
But just some food for thought. If you want to read a little bit more on it, Google the business plot to overthrow Roosevelt. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We'll be right back, and let's talk about um, Nancy Pelosi. Let's talk about Schumer. Let's talk about Jeff Sessions. Let's 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 talk about Russian officials. Be right back after these words. Yeah. Remember that. We predicted it here. And we said something's going to happen tomorrow. Something's going to go down because the speech is too good. You had 40-something million people watching that speech, and a good chunk of those people were individuals who hadn't seen Trump since the inauguration speech, or maybe before that, maybe 
APAC. I don't know. And then about halfway through our program, the breaking news of Jeff Sessions meeting with Russian officials. Oh, no. Jeff Sessions. Russian official. Remember, we just kept being Russian official. I said, mark my words, once we find, once this starts making its way through the system, once everybody starts kind of weaning through what's true, what's not, What's fake news? I said, you're going to hear more senators that met with Surge. We call him Surge here. And I bet a lot of people call him Surge, considering the guy's been the ambassador for the last eight years. Not to mention Surge was at the White House 22 times. 22 times, okay? 22 times, somebody, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, New York Times, Washington Post, are all calling a top-level spy. 22 times this guy was at the White House, and yet he's a top-level spy. What does that say about Obama and the Obama administration? If they let a top-level spy roam around the White House on 22 separate times, seriously, take the whole uh, Russian hacking Trump out of the equation we're being told by the very credible CNN and MSNBC and the rest of them that Surge is a top level spy okay been to the White House 22 times in the past 8 years As recently as September of 2016, September, the election was November. So, Surge was at the White House in September. When you hear the fake news talking about, well, Jeff Sessions met with Surge at the height of the Russian uh, hacking scandal. Well, I'd say September it was, uh, well, I, I would say that was a, uh, a, a pretty good distance of height as far as the Russian hacking scandal. Why was Surge at the White House? Because he was there in September. 
2016, while the campaign was going on, primaries on both sides, Surge was at the White House. Surge is there January of 2016, March of 2016, July 2016, and September of 2016. Now, I know, September, we heard Russian hacking, Russian hacking, Russian hacking. And remember, all the shows yesterday kept saying, why would the, the, the Trump team, why would Senator Sessions meet with the Russian ambassador when they all knew there were questions I would say the same thing. Why did the White House meet with Serge, who is the same guy that met with these Trump individuals? Guys, fake news will tell you Russian officials. It's not Russian officials. It's a Russian ambassador. It's a Russian ambassador, Serge. That's who met with Sessions. That's who met with Kushner. That's who talked with Flint. That's who also talked with the White House 22 times. Nancy Pelosi. Claire McCaskill. Diane Feinstein. And he was also at Trump's address to Congress. Not as a guest of Donald Trump, but as a guest of a Democrat. I mean, God, if Surge is a top-level spy, and the fact that just anybody from the Trump team meeting with him means they're talking about hacking the election and switching votes, why the F has Surge not been thrown out of the country? Why did anybody throw Surge out of the country? Why was he not thrown out of the country two months ago? Why was Serge not thrown out of the country three months ago? Three weeks before the election, why was Serge still in this country? Matter of fact, if Serge is such a top-level spy... When Obama expelled 20 or 30 diplomats, remember when Obama threw out 20 or 30 diplomats from Russia because of Russia's hacking? Why didn't Serge go? 
Why didn't the Obama administration include surge? Wonder why surge? Was not expelled with all the other diplomats? If Surge is this badass super spy, all 350 pounds of them, why the hell didn't Obama throw him out with all the other diplomats? Yeah, think about that, guys. I mean, you guys think about it. Of course... You're not going to hear this on any of the TV shows. Anybody that supports Trump, whether it's Jeffrey Lord or that black guy that uh, goes on those panels, or even Kellyanne McAfee, they're not going to ask these questions. They're not going to ask Paul Begala these questions. Because if they do, if they push too hard, guess what? They get fired. CNN fires them. And if CNN fires them, then what do they do? What does Kellyanne McAfee do if she gets fired? Who's giving her a job? No one. It's a business. To go on those shows and talk business. And if you push too hard and you go against a narrative, you're going to get fired. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Kellyanne McAfee, Jeffrey Lord, the black guy that I don't know his name, and a couple other Trump people are nothing more than sparring partners. They get paid to put up a fight, but not fight enough to win. And if you knock the champ down, if the sparring partner Fights the champ too hard. Guess what happens? Sparring partner gets fired. You don't make the champ look bad. So you're not going to see Jeffrey Lord say, guys, time out. Time out. When you start throwing around Russian officials, that's very misleading. Well, Jeffrey, just just hold on, Anderson. Hold on, Don. You're talking about the Russian ambassador. Yeah, but that's an fit. Listen, the Russian ambassador, he's been in this country. He's been the ambassador. He's been to the White House. He's met with Democrats up and down. You're trying to make it sound like he is this shadowy figure meeting people at some rundown restaurant exchanging secrets like Falcon and the Snowman. You're trying to link him to the scandalous dossier and girls pee-peeing on each other. 
You're trying to make the connection of somebody who apparently isn't that threatening are vetted when they go to the White House. And the fact that the guy was in the White House means he's not a spy. He's not threatening. He's not coordinating. Jeffrey Lord isn't going to do this. Kaylee Ann is going to do this. Can't push back too hard. But to watch all of this unravel, it's fascinating, it's entertaining, it's astonishing. Because remember, guys, ultimately, Democrats don't control every aspect of the media. So we still have Fox to get our message out. We still have Twitter. We still have some websites. Yeah, I know that... Um, you know, help us with the people that get their news from CNN. Yahoo. Or Facebook. But. We can at least get out. That Pelosi lied. Claire McCatskill lied. In an instance where a thousand people will get this message of surge, bad, only met with Trump people, we now can at least have a couple hundred people that get the truth. And the more this gets out, and more the water gets muddied for Democrats, the more the coup, the Roosevelt coup, gets diminished. Because when you have Nancy Pelosi on a panel, and Politico says, have you Have you met the Russian ambassador? And she says, no. Video comes out. Pictures come out that show Nancy Pelosi meeting with the Russian ambassador, Serge. 
She lied. She lied. And when you hear liberals say, well, she wasn't in Congress and she wasn't under oath. Well, Jeff Sessions was not talking about surge. And we'll break that down again because we broke it down yesterday. Nancy Pelosi was actually asked a straight question. And like I said, CNN's not going to, you know, push this. MSNBC's definitely going to ignore this. Sinopolis is going to ignore this. But it's at least out there. So instead of no one knowing, at least 10, 20, 30% will know. Anybody that watches Fox will know. And if just one person who watches and they see that Nancy Pelosi lied, they see the video, and they can tell a friend, then it can at least be spread around that way, almost like a Bigfoot story around a campfire. Reporter, panelist, uh, whatever you want to call them, she had never met Surge. And it comes out that Pussy's off at Walt. She met never with the ambassador one on one. That wasn't the question. That wasn't Pelosi people could say not a private one with him. She lied. And just to remind you, when Sessions was talking to Al Franken, talking about the PP. Dossier. Remember, they were talking about the PP dossier. The way Al Franken worded the conversation, the question. And the basic narrative was a trick gotcha. As you can see, for eight years, Serge has been the ambassador for Russia. He's been in the White House 22 times. He's met with Nancy Pelosi. He's met with Clara McCaskill. He's met with Joe Manchin. He's met with Diane Feinstein. 
He's met with the who's who of our government. And yes, he met with Jeff Sessions. So Al Franken and the Democrats knew this. Because they know Surge has met with everyone. And they knew question in the frame of PP dossier. Session is going to say, no, nah, I've never met with any Russia. No. Because in the context of the PP dossier, Surge does not fit. Because Surge is a respected ambassador that's gone to the White House 22 times. So why would Anybody in that chamber be thinking golden showers, hookers, and surge. And the clip that they keep playing on CNN, NBC, ABC, MSNBC is, have you ever met? With the Russians, have you, what you see, Colbert play, Trevor Noah, all of them talking about, you lied, Jeff, you recused, you're lying, they're just showing you that clip. They're showing you that clip. Of have you had any? They're not rewinding that clip where Franken starts talking about the dossier. I'm sitting there and one of my colleagues is talking about completely fabricated story that I know talks about golden showers and uh, uh, you know, uh, peeing on the bed that Obama uh, uh, slept on and shadowy figures exchanging information, dark alleys. So if, if I'm being asked about having contact with Russians and it's in the context of Golden showers and meetings in dark corners and hallways. I'm going to say, no, I've never met with people you're talking about. Aha! You met with Serge Kozlowski. What? You met with Serge. Serge? You met with the... You mean the Russian ambassador? Yeah, I met with the... What? See? You lied. What do you mean I lied? 
You said you never met with any. It's the Russian ambassador. You're talking about girls peeing on each other. What do you? Of course, no Republicans going to do that because Republicans don't have a backbone. They have no testicular fortitude. They're weak. Capital W and a capital K. W E A K. Weak. Weak. Absolutely weak. And like I said, I equated it to Anderson Cooper, NBC coordinating the Billy Bush tape. NBC and CNN having a bunch of random women saying, oh, yeah, 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 Trump groped me. Uh, Who are you? I'm so-and-so. When did this happen? 40 years ago. How old are you? I'm 73. Where did this happen? On this airplane. Okay. Without Billy Bush and without the debate question is useless. You need Billy Bush. You need Trump busting Billy Bush's stones talking about when you're rich and famous women will let you grab them by the pee. So once you have that you have Trump in his own words And you conveniently leave out let. And the media says sexual assault. Trump's condoning sexual assault. Sexual assault. Sexual assault. Set it up with, so Mr. Trump, if this is locker room talk, have you ever done this to anybody? What what, what have you done this to anybody? And then next day, the 74-year-old woman who quotes like a wallflower song or I don't know, something, he had hands like an octopus, putting them all around me. It's the same thing. We've been hearing for, I don't know, months Weeks, Trump's, um, uh, you know, Trump's people have met with Russian officials. Trump's people met with Russian officials. Trump's people met with Russian officials. Russian officials. But they could never name the Russian officials. They could never name the Trump people. They could never say what was being talked about. They, they, there was nothing to put together. 
There was no shadowy Ivan Drago character off in the distance switching votes in the ballot box. But they always had Surge. They always had, by definition, a Russian. Always had, by definition, a Russian. And if he met with anybody, then that meant that person met with Russians. Even in the context of golden showers and every other weird, bizarro thing you can imagine that the BuzzFeeds and the CNNs concoct, so when you're being head fake to go, I, I have no idea what you're talking about there, you're being told a lie because you did meet with a Russian. And when you go, what are you talking about? They go, Surge. And you're like, yeah, but he's, he's what? He's a Russian. You met with him. You lied. So they always had Surge. Surge was always there. They just had to figure out a way to, to, to kind of put it all together. Because they always had the Russians. They always had the Russian officials. They always had that. So the minute the media pumps up all this crazy hacking and the elections and Russian officials, and you have people going, I never met with a Russian official. I don't know what you're talking about. They go, Surge, and they're caught. They're caught because they said, I've never met with Russian officials. I don't know about hacking elections. I don't know about PP tapes. You're crazy. I don't know about payoffs. Any of that. No, I've never met with Russians. But they did. They met with a diplomat. Who, along with Diane Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the White House, 22 times, and handfuls of other people in the Senate and Congress, and administration officials in the White House. So it's like, bang, he's a Russian, he's an official, and you met with him. And then they got to go, but I thought you were talking, thought we were talking about what? I asked you, any Russian officials, doesn't Serge qualify as a Russian official? Is he a Russian official? Yes. Okay. Did you have a meeting with him? Yes. All right. Did you tell us you had no meeting with the Russian official? Yes. All right. Caught ya. See how it works? 
see how that works? Just like the Billy Bush tape. Democrats are brutal. Media is brutal. Jeff Zucker, listen, when you have a cuckold, when you have a cuckold, you're not going to let that go lightly. That when you're Jeff Zucker, when you're Jeff Zucker, and your cuckold is gone, you get a little emotional. Get a little emotional. Get a little emotional. It's Rob's Carry Show. So we got to take a quick break. So don't go away. So, uh, what the hell time is it? 8.35. It's 8.35. We'll be right back after these fabulous, fab, fabulous words. Possibly. You understand me? Possibly. 
Possibly. Okay, you are. Don't forget, you can listen to us on Spreaker. Okay? Um, go to Spreaker. Type in uh, the Rob Carey Show. You can also go to uh, uh, iTunes. Go there. Type in uh, iTunes. Uh, uh, the Type in iTunes. Type in the Rob Carey Show. And you'll... Uh, You'll, you'll love that. So it's all that. Just go there, okay? Just go there. Just go there, damn it. All right? Here's a wild story. And I wanted to talk about it yesterday. And, and it's and it actually, it, it hit home. Okay? It, it, it hit home. Um, I'm from Rochester, New York, originally. Yes, I am. And... Um, this happened in Syracuse. Okay, so um, a twenty-four. Here's the story: a twenty-four-year-old uh, snowshoe race, snowshoe racer. I don't know what the hell that is, but uh, from India, has been charged in New York's Adirondack Mountains with sexual assault and endangering the welfare of a child. Tanvir Hussein of Kashmir, who competed last weekend at the World Snowshoe Championships in Sarnak Lake, is accused of sexually abusing a local girl. Abid Khan, another snowshoer who was in town for the competition, uh, was denied, who denied the charges, um, according to the Adirondack Daily Enterprise. The two were denied visas three weeks ago on the eve of the competition. The newspaper reported school children and local mayor uh, and sends. Oh, wait a minute. The newspaper reported local children and the local mayor, plus Charles Schumer and Kristen Gillibrand, spoke out in their favor. And the two were ultimately granted permission to come. Now Sarnak Lake Village Police Sergeant Casey Reardon tells the Adirondack Daily Enterprise the girl, who's under age 13, and her parents reported the alleged abuse to police. The incident allegedly occurred around 5 p.m. Monday in the village. Attorney Brian Barrett entered a not guilty plea on behalf of Hussein who's being held Thursday in the Essex County Jail in lieu of $5,000 cash bail or 10000 bond. Uh, Barrett says because of the limited communication he's had with Hussein, he has not been able to properly evaluate the case. Terry Weaver contributed to this report. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Not sure. uh, Well, here's the thing. And we've had this conversation when we've talked about illegal immigration and uh, refugees. Whoa. Whoa. Mania. That was uh, those of you who listen. Uh, that was a uh, 
sound effect. Okay. Um, when you hear people on the left talk about crime statistics that involve refugees and illegals, and they compare those statistics to that of Americans. And they say, well, look at the numbers. How many illegals commit crime? How many refugees commit crime? It's such a small, such a a small percent compared to Americans. So the fear and this constant battle to clamp down on illegal immigration and uh, tightening its visas is really uncalled for. How many times have we heard that? A lot. Exactly. Now, I've always said rather it's a hundred or rather it's one. Any too many. And what happened to the day of being better safe than sorry? Weren't we brought up with the whole concept, I know you're just walking across... I know you're just driving the car down the street to get a loaf of bread. But you need to wear your seatbelt. To, um, you know, I don't know. Take whatever precautions that you normally would take if you were driving 50 miles. And someone would say, listen, I'm just going across the street. I'm literally going across the street. Or you're riding your bike. Put a helmet on. I'm just going across it. Better safe than sorry. And we used to always live by that motto. That was a big thing. Better safe than sorry. The door, we locked the door. Yeah, I checked it. Oh, how many times did you check it? I checked it, gee, two, three times. Well, can you check it again? Oh, man. Hey, come on. Come on. You know what? You know, just, just do it again. If you don't check it, why? What's just... So we're constantly living by that model. But when it comes to refugees and illegals, you throw it out the window. And it's just a percentage game. Well, listen, we're bringing a thousand of them in. What? Ten committed horrible, horrible crimes? Oh, gee. 
You had 990 that are really wonderful, warm, happy people. Well, 10 is too many. Better safe than sorry. So someone should tell this family, well, you know, we didn't want to deny them anything. We don't know if refugee. Come on, we can't just. So, hey, so what? Daughter got raped. Big deal. Happens. Okay. What are we going to do? Not let them in next time? Yeah. Well, you can't do that. Can't punish a whole group for for two people. <laughs> like I said, the way we as Americans were always brought up, even in school, Got a whole class, but he does something wrong. Teacher says, okay, who did it? Who did it? Somebody stand up. Who did it? Who did it? Somebody doesn't fess up. I'm going to punish the entire class. Okay, nobody's standing up. All right, every single person in this class gets detention. Military. Same thing. It's like we were raised with that concept. We were raised with that concept. But for some reason, when it pertains to refugees and illegals, there's a level of accepted carnage there's a level of accepted carnage for Chuck Schumer and Kristen Gillibrand hey so two people slipped through the cracks we're not going to punish a bunch of people From Kazakhstan or, or where are these guys from? Kashmir. We're not going to punish people from Kashmir who just want to come here and compete in the world snowshoe just because these two guys decided to rape a 13-year-old girl. Again. Whether it's a seatbelt law, motorcycle helmet law. All right, everybody's going to have to wear a motorcycle helmet. And you got bikers who go, well, why? I haven't been wearing a helmet. I've been riding a bike for 35 years. I'm responsible enough to not get into an accident. Well, you know what? Moby. You know what? Big Daddy Kane, you know what, Diesel, you might be responsible, damn it. But what about the other drivers out there? They might not be responsible. 
And what if they crash into you? Well, I'm very cautious. Okay. Well, that might be the case. But what about another bike rider? Maybe they're not as good as you. Maybe they're not as experienced as you. Oh, so you're going to punish me for that person? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. For your own good. Now everybody wears a helmet. Like I said, we've always done it this way with other aspects of our lives. And nobody's ever bitched and moaned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a little crybabiness here. Though. I don't want to wear a seatbelt. I don't want. But eventually someone gets in an accident and they go, good thing I was wearing my seatbelt. My effing head would have went right through that window. But again, illegals and refugees, there's a level of carnage liberals demand everybody to accept. So Gillibrand and Schumer will say, this is an unfortunate event, but you know what? We're not going to limit people coming into this country just because a little girl got anally raped. All right. <laughs> oh. Now, of course, the media is not going to talk about this. We got this from God. I mean, I, it, it, it was a website that picked it up from this New York paper. This isn't something that you saw on CNN. You might see it on Fox. You're not going to see it on CNN. You're not going to see it on MSNBC. You're not going to see it on ABC. You're not going to see it anywhere. Because it's this type of stuff that makes people go, hmm. Maybe we should pause on certain immigration. Maybe we should pause on refugees. Maybe we should have a process. Maybe we just are full. Maybe the United States is just The media won't talk about this because they know that if a old black guy, because he misses his son, who was killed by an illegal, if that doesn't move them, maybe, maybe... A 13-year-old getting raped will move that person. Normally, kids being raped get some emotion out of people. 
so you're not going to hear about Tavian Hassin of Kashmir. I mean, they were denied visas. Why were they denied visas? What made them get denied? When they went through a background check, was there something shady? Was there something shady that got this Indian snowshoe racer denied for a visa? Got to be something. People don't just get denied visas for no reason. Doesn't happen. Got denied for a reason. Will we ever find that reason out? Guarantee ya, nope. But I'll tell you this. If the Trump team is listening, to anybody in the Republican Party that uh, is not brainwashed by the elites, is not being threatened by the elites, okay, And they want to just wreak vengeance and revenge against Democrats. Okay? They want to do to the Democrats what the Democrats are doing to them. They would reach out through the channels that need to be reached out. And they would have somebody... Look into why these guys had their visas denied. What was in there that got their visas denied? Something was there. Chuck Schumer let it slide. Kristen Gilbrand let it slide. And if there is a there there, again, the roles are reversed. Democrats would be all over this. The media would be all over this. Now, we can't expect the media to be all over it because the media doesn't work for us. They're not an extension of us. But the people inside, they need to be all over this. Democrats would be. They'd be talking to their people at state, talking to their people at Homeland Security, through uh, uh, Tad Vian Hussein. Uh, he had been convicted of uh, sexual assault uh, 10 years ago, and we just didn't feel comfortable. Oh, okay. So you guys did your job. It was the two senators from New York that let a known sex offender get a visa to come to the United States and abuse another child. Okay, cool. And then bang, you effing crucified Chuck. 
crucify him. You, you grab him by his nuts and you rip him out and you feed it to him. Just saying. Just saying. Okay? <laughs> Just saying. Somebody needs to um, get on that. That's all, that's all I'm saying. So, we'll see. It's Rob's Carry, it's Rob's Carry Show. We're going to take a uh, quick 30 second uh, break. We'll come back. We'll wrap some things up. So, don't go away. We've had a great week. I think. Maybe you disagree. It's Rob's Carry, it's Rob's Carry Show. 2015, during a press conference, Secretary Clinton assured us her private email server was secure, saying the server was on private property guarded by the Secret Service. Now, this would be laughable if it wasn't so serious. I know, you know, my constituents in eastern Iowa know you don't need to be a cat burglar to hack into an email server, and you don't need a cloth to wipe a server clean. One would think that a former United States senator, one would think that a former Secretary of State would know this as well. Would you agree with that statement? You would think, although as I said before, one of the things I've learned in this case is that the Secretary may not have been as sophisticated as people assume. She didn't have a computer in her office at the State Department, for example. So I, I don't think, so I would assume the same thing about someone who'd been a Senator and a high-ranking official. I'm not sure it's a fair assumption in this case. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Zakari Rob Show. So, uh, to uh, wrap things up, we didn't get to everything we wanted to get to. Uh, but, uh, funny tidbit. Arnold Schwarzenegger is ditching the NBC's uh, Celebrity Apprentice. He says he will not be back because Donald's toxic image is the reason why. Has nothing to do with the fact that he sucks. No. Of course not. I loved every second of working with NBC and Mark Burnett. Everyone from the celebrities to the crew to the marketing department was a straight 10. And I would absolutely work with all of them again on the show. It doesn't have the baggage. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Guy who's the worst, worst governor in the history. History of governors. Banging the cleaning lady had a secret kid that he <laughs> put in a uh, you know the, the, the hit away hey what are you you can't be Arnold Schwarzenegger he had a whole bunch of uh of uh uh what's it called Sexual harassment claims against them. Whole bunch of baggage. I had those baggage. (laughs) 
with Trump being involved in the show, people have a bad taste. And I don't want to participate as a spectator or as a sponsor in any other way to support the show. It's a very divisive period now, and I think the show got caught up in all the division. I don't want to do it again. not about the show because everybody I ran into came up to me and said, I love the show. But I turned it off because as soon as I read Trump's name, I'm out of here. When people found out that Trump was still involved as executive producer and was still receiving money. Arnold Sway. You know how retarded that sounds? I know my voice sounds retarded. But do you realize how retarded that sounds? Anybody who watched Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump because of Donald Trump. How many times did we hear it? Celebrity Apprentice made Donald Trump. Donald Trump wouldn't be the president if it wasn't for Celebrity Apprentice. People liked him because of Celebrity Apprentice. He's the guy that would say, you're fired. People watch Celebrity Apprentice for Donald Trump. Schwarzenegger's as stupid as as, as he doesn't know how to speak properly. Oh, I don't want to do it because people didn't like the show because, you know, Trump was associated with it. What are you talking about, you effing retard? People watch the show because people didn't watch the show because you're on it. You're a jerk. What's wrong with this guy? Well, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Commercials for a video game. I have a love child with my maid. This guy, seriously, this, this guy's retarded. He is. He's retarded. And not retarded in the cute retard way. You know how some retards are cute? Seriously, you know, you got some retarded people, they're cute. You're like, oh, he's retarded, but he's cute. He's a cute retard, you know? Like this movie with this retard named Produce. You go watch it. I don't remember what what it's called, but there's a retard, and his name's Produce, because he works in the supermarket in the produce aisle. And he knows the, the, the codes for every piece of produce. So they're like, hey, Produce, what's the code for what the watermelon? Six, five, four, three, five, six, six, two. Thank you, Produce. And then he comes and gives you a hug. Schwarzenegger's retarded, but not in a cute Produce way. He's like retarded in that, that evil, that evil maniacal retard, you know? Like that, that, that. 
just that evil, you know, evil, re- you know, there's evil retards. It's not produce. I oh, got, there's too much baggage with this show. They had the baggage is people, people didn't watch it. People didn't w- not watch the show because, oh, I hate Trump's name. When I see the name, I turn it off. Ugh. People are like, oh, Celebrity Apprentice. I hate Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is a jerk-off. He's a retarded jerk-off. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger hasn't been cool since he did Terminator 1 and 2. Okay? And the first Predator. Maybe Commando. But Alyssa Milano's in it, and she's a jerk-off. Too much baggage. The only baggage is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jerk-off. All right. (laughs) People are like, you're fired up. Yeah, I'm fired up. Curse them fired up. Damn it. It's Friday night. Let's party. Let's go find some chicks and some cocaine and some rum and a cigar. Bill Clinton and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Damn it. All right. It's Rob's Gary. It's Rob's Gary Show. We had a great week. You guys are, are the greatest audience in the history of mankind. Okay, when when Jesus Christ created, when God created the earth, he created you guys. He said, I'm going to create an audience for Rob uh, Zakari because he needs to have the greatest audience. Don't forget, guys, follow us on Twitter. You know what our Twitter is? I'm going to tell you what our effing Twitter is. The effing Twitter is at Rob Zakari show. Okay, go there. Listen to the show. We're on uh, t- uh, t- whatever the tweet thing is. I don't know what it. What is it called? What is it? Periscope created by illegals. <laughs> That's what it says. Or refuge something. I don't know. Go to Spreaker. Type in the Rob Scary Show. You'll find us. iTunes. Type in the Rob Scary Show. You'll find us. iHeartRadio. Type in the Rob Scary Show. You'll find us. Lipson. That's a new one. Just go find us. You'll love the show. You are the best. You are the rulers of the earth. We'll see you guys. Oh, God. We'll see you guys Monday. Be careful. Of, uh, I don't know. Just be careful. We'll see you guys then. Bye.